For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Picks and Parlays here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. This December the 31st, I'd like to wish everybody a very, very, very happy International Solidarity for Azerbaijan Day. Oh, and New Year's Eve. Our last show for 2019. Shed a tear. Sniffle, sniffle. Hope you had big, big winnings in 2019. And uh, picks and parlays, we love to help you. So today, no different. We got a lot of picks for you today. And all those picks on this show, of course, are free. Unless you want to send me some money. My pockets are empty. I'd love some, but uh, they probably wouldn't like that up at corporate headquarters. All right, today, Al Ninos and I will talk a little Premier League football. As, of course, January 1st, we have a whole slate of matches. And then one January 2nd. And then they take an eight-day break. But we'll bring you the best we can. Three games we've curated in the Premier League for you. West Ham, Bournemouth, Arsenal, United, Watford, Wolves. Then I'll be joined by Tony Comandante El Tigre Tellers. I've given him a new title now. We're going to talk AFC wildcard games. Uh, more specifically, we're going to talk, obviously, Titans at Patriots. Big game there. Uh, we're going to also talk Bills at Texans. And the college football championship, the Clemson Tigers versus uh, number one, L.S. Pardon me. Is it Clemson Tigers? LSU. Well, yes. They're all, I don't know. They're all Tigers. Anyway, uh, finally, we're going to have NFC wildcard games. Uh, we're going to have Seattle Seahawks, Philadelphia Eagles, and Minnesota Vikings, New Orleans Saints with our good friend, Joe, the Duffman Duffy. The Duffman will indeed cometh and talk NFC football for you. As always, we'd love to hear from you on the show. So how this works is if you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, just fill out the comments section and we'll see it here in the studio. And our ace production team, the 2019 version, will of course see those comments and put them up on the screen. And I will bring them into the show. You can be a superstar. And those comments are better be at least a little bit rude, okay? Because I've decided the too rude thing. Now, let's just have a little bit of edge, okay, to the comments because we're an edgy show and that's the way we want to keep it. If you're searching for us, uh, use hashtag Parlay Radio or just put pics and parlays into any of the search boxes on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And this show is live with you, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, Monday through Friday on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and streaming live throughout the day. Okay, I'm going to step aside, gather my thoughts. Get my best Premier League picks for it ready for you. We will make sure Al Nino's is all lined up. I'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the show, Picks and Parlays. I'm your host, Nick Eba. Great to be with you. This is one of my favorite times on the show when we get to talk a little Premier League football. It's not as if I don't talk about that every day. Uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, because I do. But I can never get enough of it. So today, joined by my good friend, expert handicapper, Al Ninos. Al, how are you doing? How was your Christmas? Uh, pretty good. Uh, lonely. The kids went to Georgia. I saw, uh, missed them, but they just got back actually right before we got on the show. So it was good to see them again. You know, I always say on this on this 
show. I'd love to have your comments. They, rude is okay, but not too rude. You missed your kids, but you didn't miss them too much. <laughs> right? Well, I had a break. Ah, a break is always good. All right, Al. Uh, <laughs> let's get to it. Premier League action. The Premier League has just been giving us a thrill, a plenty this season. Uh, my team, Liverpool, sitting top of the table, 19 games in, game in hand, 13 points clear. Uh, wow, they've only they've perfect this season except for one draw. But we're not going to talk about Liverpool today, Al, as much as I would love to sit here and wax poetic about my fabulous gentleman in red from Merseyside. No, 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 we're going to talk about, uh, let's start, shall we? A West Ham United against Bournemouth. I have it right here, Al. I have the future riches right here because West Ham, 17th in the table, 19th point. Look, they just appointed David Moyes. He came back to West Ham. Al, you remember this. Last season, they brought David Moyes in on a six-month contract to stop them from getting relegated. He did that beautifully. Then they said, oh, Mr. Moyes, you're not sexy enough. Thank you very much. We're going to go a different direction. They brought in Manuel Pellegrini, and he sucked. I mean, let's be honest. Two wins in the last 12, that's pretty bad. Um, defensively, this team is a mess. The disaster. They've got a half-decent squad. They're definitely underperforming. So they bring David Moyes in, this time on an 18-month contract, and tell him, you know what, David, we're wrong. You're just, you're just a bit sexier than we thought. Uh, the fans at West Ham not happy about this. Bournemouth, on the other hand, 16th in the league, 20 points, 5-5 five, five, and 10. This team has definitely gone off the boil, by the way. This is an Eddie Howe team. Very unusual. He's a very consistent manager. They hit 7th in the league at the beginning of November, and they've gone 1-1-7 one, one, since then. Uh, they're like West Ham. I mean, they're perilously close to the drop zone. This is really, in many respects, a relegation battle, a six-point relegation fight here, which is why, since neither of these teams can defend, but they can't store very much either, I'm taking a big, fat, nil-nil draw for this one. And if I'm looking at the money on this one, the draw, 230, plus 230 on the money line. Al, what are you taking? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, definitely not my favorite pick of the three we're looking at, but uh, I think West Ham has a slight edge. I just think they're a little bit better than uh, Burnmouth are. And I'm taking them on the money line. I see them at minus 104. Uh, I do agree, though, that I think this will be a low-scoring game. So the under three, it's pretty juice to the under, but uh, under three, it's minus 136. If you want to go a bit um, riskier and go under two and a half, that's at plus 121. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Low scoring game, but I give the edge under to West uh, Wait, wait. To like what did you say? Under two and a half under two plus and a money? Yeah, it's plus 121. I'm taking, I'm taking that because this smells like nil-nil for me all over the place. I'm telling you, uh, you know, if there's ever a manager unsexy enough not to have a new manager bouts, it's David Moyes. So I'm expecting more of the same from West Ham. All right, good one. Uh, let's move along, shall we? Uh, Watford Wolves. This one is at Vicarage Road, and I apologize to you, Al. When I sent you this game, I told you it was at Molyneux. It's not. It's at, Vic it's at Vicarage Road. Watford under Nigel Pearson, 19th in the league, 16 points, 3, 7, 10. They just, they just appointed Nigel Pearson, uh, and he has started the process of lifting the team off the bottom. Look, this is not a bad team. This team was actually a decent team last season. But since he came in, they've only had one loss in the last five, including wins over Villa and United. But Wolverhampton Wanderers, on the other hand, mm, this is uh, they've had a big December. They've gone 3-2-2, two two, including that big shock 3-2 victory over City. In fact, they had a cataclysmic start to the season. Al, I don't know if you remember this. They were down in 19th place, I think five or six games in. 
and then they uh, turned it around. Partly, I think, because they had European, uh, they, they had you know a lot of European commitments with the uh, Europa League, which they didn't have the squad for that. Uh, but they got used to it, and now they've only lost two of the last fourteen, including one of those two was a loss to Liverpool. But I tell you what, if I look at the numbers here, Al, Watford are playing better. They're on the ascendancy. They're plus two hundred at home. Wolves plus one thirty-seven. You saw them. I mean, they were terrific against Leicester City, right? And man, pardon me, against Manchester City. Uh, the draw plus two twenty. But this is at Vicarage Road. Uh, I like what Nigel Pearson's doing. This Watford team is really every bit as good as this Wolves team, to be honest with you. I like a draw, but it's going to be a score draw. I'm going to take a 2-2 draw here and take the plus money at plus 220. Uh, yeah, Watford's been playing a lot better lately. Um, you know, we have two wins and a draw in their last three games. So it's kind of hard to go against them, I guess, maybe. But uh, again, same as uh, the game we looked at earlier, I still do think that the Wolves are the slightly better team here. And um, yeah, despite being on the road, I still like the Wolves. I think they get the job done. And uh, I'm taking them on the money line plus 134. All right, you and I will arm wrestle over this one. But we're each going to take our different ways. You can pick which cap you want to go with. Uh, all right, uh, next up. Arsenal, Man United at the Emirates. I love bringing up Arsenal in these games. And, and by the way, I'm breaking a cardinal sin here, Al, because I swore a few months ago I wouldn't give out any more Man United picks because they are just all over the place. Uh, but Arsenal are just so bloody bad. 12, 12 in the league, 12, 24 points. What to say? I mean, this seems awful, and there's nothing that Mikel Arteta is going to do about it. They gifted Chelsea all three points at the Emirates, uh, what, two days ago, right? Or three days ago on Sunday including that absolute howler from Bert Leno, where, you know, he goes up to get the cross, misses it, and it just goes right to Giorgino, who pops it in the net. And then the other goal he let in, he should have easily had that saved. Um, only Southampton, West Ham, and the three relegation teams have leaked more goals than Arsenal. They're bloody awful. Mikel Arteta isn't going to help it out any. And United, well, they've really righted the ship after a very disappointing start to the season. 6-3-1 in the last 10 They've won the last two in a row with wins over Newcastle and Burnley. Look, the front three, it's all about the front three. Rashford, Martial, Daniel James, forget Pogba. They are firing on all cylinders right now, and they will be too much for Arsenal's poorest defence. I'm taking United, plus 191, 2-1. You go. Uh, yeah, uh, great offence, as you mentioned, but I think their biggest edge here will be the defence, and uh, this is more about Arsenal's defence again. Uh, Which doesn't exist. Yeah, well, <laughs> not too great back there. Uh, so, yeah, I like, I like Man U too. But, uh, again, taking the safer route, I'm uh, taking them at a pick at minus uh, 116, I see it. That is a very, very, very safe bet, I have to tell you, Al. I mean, that's like a, that's like a Dow Jones type of bet investment because I, I just can't see any way Arsenal are going to win this. I, I've, I've been, really, this is a team that moved into the Emirates, told all their fans, oh, you know, next couple, of, as we're moving in, don't worry, we're not signing big names because we've got to put all our money aside for the new stadium, but we're going to move into this wonderful debt-free stadium. Uh, we're going to be able to buy players and build the brand. And, and what do fans get? They get a crap team. They don't buy players. They have the most expensive ticket prizes in the Premier League. But hey, they have a lovely, beautiful new stadium that their overpriced tickets will get them into with the overpriced beer. And, uh, and drinks uh, at halftime. So uh, bad news all around for Arsenal supporters. A rubbish, rubbish team. 
going to take more than Mikel Arteta. It's going to need a new owner. Stan Kroenke, one of the worst owners in football. I'm sorry. I don't know how he is in uh, the American football side of it. Also a rubbish MLS owner, too, by the way. He owns the, uh, what does he own? He owns the Colorado Rapids. Yeah, another seriously underperforming team. All right, Al, just got a minute left. Any other quick picks from you? Uh, yeah, no, just uh, wanted to mention, yeah, Manchester is definitely my favorite uh, bet on the board. I mean, I even know a couple of Arsenal fans going against Arsenal on that one. So, yeah, I really like that man you pick. And uh, obviously, Liverpool is always a great bet. So Yeah, but they're minus 490-something at... on the money line. Sheffield United oh, yeah. were plus 1,000. one and a half. I'd take a minus one and a half uh, at minus 116. Minus one and a half, minus 116. So You know, at some point, Liverpool, Liverpool might take their foot off the gas here in a bit. They might still win games, but they're not going to maybe win them, you know, five nils anymore. I think you saw that against Wolves, right? Uh, one nil victory. All right, listen, we're out of time. Uh, Al Nino's always a pleasure. You can find Al at picksandparlays.net along with all of our other great cappers. Coming up next... Let's talk some AFC wildcard and the College Football National Championship with Tony T. Welcome back. Picks and parlays. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Caught me writing my notes down as we get ready for this segment. It's a fun one. We did uh, Premier League soccer last segment, but never fear. We do have some wildcard games coming up. Ah, somewhat important ones, let's just say that. Who better to talk NFL wildcard and College Football Bowl championship game it's actually not the college football bowl. It's the college football playoff. It's the college football championship. Then Tony, Comandante El Tigre, tell us. Tony, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hey, Nick. How you doing? Looking forward to some playoff football in the NFL. Of course, uh, we're, we found out our playoff game, but it's two weeks away. So it's a bit of a time, a, a, you know, bit of a time to wait for this game, but it's worth waiting for a good one between LSU and Clemson. Yeah. Now, aren't these both Tigers, though? They are. They are. That's what I thought. Yep. And I'm talking to the LT. I'm talking to Commandante El Tigre. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, let's start with this game, shall we? Uh, El Tigre, because it's Tigres all the, round, all the way around, and we'll get to the uh, NFL in a minute. Uh, let's start with this. Number three, Clemson. Number one, LSU. By the way, everybody is in love with LSU, and there's a lot to love about this, this, this team. They, are, you know, they have a lot going for them. But Clemson, you know, they're, they're looking to repeat as champions. Let's not forget that. They're 14-0. They're 11-3 against the spread. They did squeak by Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, but that got them back to the national championship game, so good on them. They're perfect 25-0 straight up, 19-6 against the spread. Every time quarterback Trevor Lawrence starts. This is going to be an incredible game of quarterbacks. This isn't what we want in American football. This is the Nirvana from a, from a fan's perspective. Uh, he's, they've got, also got the top-ranked defense in college football. They allowed the fewest points per game in the entire NCAA. And then for the LSU Tigers, what to say about them, Tony? 14-0, 9-3-2 against the spread. They blew apart Oklahoma 63-28 in the Peach Bowl. And again, here we go again. Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow. 21 to 27 for 403 yards and seven touchdowns in the first half alone, Tony. What an incredible feast of football this was. It was a veritable smorgasbord of goodness for fans out there. They're averaging 48.9 points per game. The most powerful offense in the NCAA is going to meet the most powerful defense in the NCAA. And both these teams have wicked good quarterbacks with them. Total's gone over in 12 of the last 17 for the Tigers. 
They are favorites. Only five-point favorites. Less than a touchdown, right? And uh, the total, yeah. 69 and a half. Tony, talk me through this one. I'm excited just talking about it. Oh, it's going to be a great one. Now, LSU here. I'm going to lean to the – I'm going to take the favorite here, LSU minus five. I know they come off that ex impressive win against Oklahoma. They put the game away at halftime. But as expected, they were able to move the football and put build that big uh, halftime lead. 692 yards of offense. We know Oklahoma is soft defensively, so that didn't really surprise us. But what really surprised me was how well the LSU defense played. And I think this is where you got to really look at look at the defenses because both offenses are, are extremely good. You've got two NFL quarterbacks in going mm -hmm. on, going head-to-head -head in this game. But Oklahoma was held to only 322 yards in, in defeat, only 3.5 yards per carry. And, of course, you know, Oklahoma, a really good quarterback, Jalen Hurts, completed only 47% of his passes. So LSU did a great job defensively. And now they have two weeks to get ready here for Clemson, which gives that defense time to rest and recover and uh, come in sharp again for this one against Clemson. Now, of course, with Clemson, they were behind uh, for much of this game against Ohio State. But one thing to note here about the Clemson defense, they gave up a season high in yardage. 516 yards they allowed Ohio State, 196 yards rushing for nine, five yards per carry. So that's one of the reasons why they were not able to get, enough get a lot of separation on this really good Buckeyes team. And Justin Fields, your quarterback, did complete 65% of his passes. So you know, each quarterback and offense are going to be hyped up, Nick, for this one. And it's good reason. They're the two best offenses of college football. But I think LSU's defense is playing a little better right now. That's why I'm going to side with LSU in this game. Oh, lovely. This is going to be – I'm really excited about this game. Uh, so many of these national championship games, you just kind of roll your eyes a bit, you know. But no way. This one – this one's going to be a battle. And the quality of football on display on this game is going to be great. Right, Tony? Oh, it's going to be awesome. Awesome game. Looking forward to this. is the game we wanted. We wanted LSU and Clemson, and we got it. Thank goodness. Yeah, we did get it. So that's great. All right, let's move along, shall we? Let's talk NFL football. The two wild card games, they're up. Uh, let's talk the Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots. And I tell you what, Tony, Patriots got to be waking up saying, what, what? We've we got to play a wild card? We don't get a bye here? What's, what's going on? Uh, the Titans, though, you know, they went 5-2 and two in the last seven to close the season strong and a nice 35-14 win over the Texans. It's wild card time for the Titans. Uh, Tennessee offense ranked third in rushing yards and fourth in yards per play. Look, they, uh, they lost a preseason game to the Patriots, but that was then, and this is now. Uh, three, uh, three, let's have a look. They've got uh, three wide receivers out, and Adam Humphreys, Khalif Raymond, Cody Hollister, and Adoree Johnson is also out. They're three and five straight up and against the spread away from home. And the Patriots, uh, you know, well, I mean, come on. Upset at the hands of Miami. They needed that game, too. I don't know what's going on with this team. Well, I do know, Tony. I'm just going to skip the rest of this nonsense. And I'm going to tell you, they're past their sell-by date, Tony. And they are favored by less than a touchdown. Total, 43 and a half. They are four points favorites. This could be a great upset. Yeah, it could be, and I, I, we're, I'm going to take the points here with Tennessee plus four. Now, you know, the Patriots is the team that usually playing their best football down the stretch. They usually peaked toward the end of the season, but uh, they failed to cover four of their past five after a 27 to 24 loss in Miami that cost the team a first round bye in the playoffs. Instead of getting a week off to recover and rest after a long season, they got to come back and play the following week, which was a huge blow. Miami gets the outright win. Of course, you know, head coach Bill Belichick last week set the tone and says, you know what? We're, we're, we're going to approach this game against the Dolphins as a playoff game. And look what happened. You know, the, the Dolphins, really, what happened here was the Patriots defense had their worst showing of, of the entire season. It allowed a season high of 389 yards, 327 yards through the air. And they looked very, very slow on the field. 
which tells me this team is starting to wear down defensively. Remember that the, the Patriots relied heavily on their defense this year to win games because the offense was just not on par. Tom Brady wasn't accurate. Oh, dear. I think we just lost uh, Tony. El Tigre just disappeared, but we do have Alex Smart. Is that Alex there? That's Smarty Pants. Do we have any volume on him? All right. Well, we're going to have to work to get one of these guys back. We were in full throw, in full throw, full throttle, full throated explanation from Tony talking about the disappointment from the Patriots side. And as he said, if they hit their stride down the stretch in the playoffs, if that playoff, if that game against Miami was being treated as a playoff game, that doesn't bode well for the Patriots. You know, I, I could sniff around this really well, but I'm smelling that this team is really not, uh, is a shell of its former self and could well be ripe for the upset. I would love to know what the money line is on this one. Maybe someone can look this up if we can get someone on um, for the Titans on the money line to win this one because uh, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if this is one of those upsets that we're uh, talking, we have been talking about. Uh, okay, the next game we're going to cover in the AFC side of it is the Bills at Texans. Let's see, do we have any handicappers on, Andrew? We have Alex Smart. Let's bring Smarty Pants on. Alex, welcome. How you doing, Good. Mr. G? Hey, listen, we lost uh, El Tigre, so um, I guess the, zoo the zookeeper <laughs> took him back. So let's do this. We've got uh, just a couple minutes left. Uh, we were talking AFC wildcard games, Alex. Let's, are you ready to talk a little Bills at Texans? Okay, looks like we've lost Alex. Is there, is there a bug? I'm sorry? Oh, I see. Okay, well, we'll give him a break then. We'll pick him up in a minute. We'll get him ready. One of them will come in. Uh, meanwhile, the Bills, 10-6, and 9-6-1 against the spread, coming off a loss to the Jets where they rested most of their starters. So uh, both teams, by the way, here uh, in this wildcard game rested their starters in the previous games. Uh, they're 10-6 and six straight up, the Bills, and 6-1-1 against the spread on the road, hitting the under in 12 of the last 15 road games. The Bills' rushing offense will meet the Texans' 25th-ranked rushing defense, and that is going to be a problem for the Texans, I think. Uh, the Texans, I mentioned, also rested. Uh, they're only 2-6 and six at home. Here's some interesting stats, though, about the Texans that you might not know. Their opposing offenses, opposing offenses converted 48.5% of third downs and 71.4% of red zone trips into converted those into touchdowns means uh, defensively they're not able to hold the line when they have to and I think that's big problems for the Texans even though they are favorites here at home two and a half point favorites uh, the total has gone under in six of the last nine for the Texans let's see if we got anyone ready to come on and we do who do we have bring us bring me a kappa any kappa let's bring back to LT Gray uh, okay hey. uh, T Gray welcome back uh, listen, we Thank just you. got literally a minute and a half. Bills at Texans, far away. 
Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the Texans here at minus two and a half. Really tough to back Buffalo. They were one and four straight up against playoff teams. They've scored no greater than 17 points in those game against postseason opponents. Their lone win came against Tennessee against playoff opponents, winning 14-7. But that's when the Titans had Marcus Mariota at quarterback. The Bills' offense really hasn't generated much, 268 yards in, in their past three games when they played all their starters. And, of course, uh, looking here at the offense, just 24th on uh, at home, on third down, but a uh, better quarterback here with Deshaun Watson. I don't trust uh, uh, right now that uh, Josh Allen, he's not accurate this past four games, 48% completion rate. I'm going to go ahead and take the Texans at minus two and a half. Uh, you know, we just literally got less than a minute, but when I look at these stats about how they let the Texans let the opposing uh, offenses convert 48.5% of third downs and 70, almost 72% of red zone trips convert into touchdowns. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking. They're only two and a half point favorites. I have to think, just like I did in the other one, Tony. I, I, my prediction, not that it's worth much, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I'm saying Titans upset the Patriots, and I like Bills over the Texans on this one, Tony. Yeah, I like the Bills here. I like the I like the Tennessee Titans here plus the four and a half because we mentioned here about the about the issues with the Patriots' offense and their defense starting to wear out a little bit. We saw them give a season high in yardage for the season, and it was against the Miami Dolphins. All right. Tony T, always a pleasure. We'll have you on in the new year. i got to go to break. When we come back, let's pick it up with Sean Duffy. All right, well, <laughs> welcome back to the show, Picks and Parlays. Hey, it's December 31st. We're having a nice, great, fun, relaxed New Year's Eve show here at Picks and Parlays. Just a reminder, load up your basket with all of our expert picks from these great handicappers you're seeing on the show. Get 15% off. Use promo code BOWL. Trust me, you're going to want to do this. If you want to bet sports, bet with the best sports intelligence you can get. Uh, and you don't get that by putting a book under your pillow, by the way. You get that by listening to the best handicappers in the business. And we have them here, picksandparlays.net. Let's bring another one in. Uh, I don't want this guy. I want his brother. Where's Sean Duffy? Oh, no, no. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't want that guy. I don't want that guy. That's Joe Duffy. Trust me, we want Sean Duffy. Is he around? Uh, no, he's a square. Oh, okay. He's a square. You're a sharp, though. So let's get yes. let's get you Joe on. All right, Joe. My apologies again. It's all these. It's with you know we're rapid firing it here on the show. Uh, great to have you. We're talking. Let's get the games right. We're talking NFC wild card, and luckily we have some time put aside to get into these games in some detail because I know you, my good friend, like to regress to the means as often as you possibly can. Well, here we go. Let's start with the Seahawks and the Eagles and. You know, when I'm looking at this game, Joe, it's all about the injuries because both these teams, yes. they're basically an ambulatory ward between them. Uh, <clears throat> the Seahawks, 11-5, and 7-8-1 against the spread. They cooled off considerably since that 8-1 and one run, which included a preview of this wildcard game when they blew away the Eagles 17-9 at Lincoln Field. They've gone 1-3 and three since then and have almost a full team of injuries to go with it, as I mentioned earlier. 7-1 straight up, 5-2-1 against the spread away. And the Eagles, they've won the last four in a row, five and three straight up, three and five against the spread when at home. They also have an extensive injury list, but they've gone under in five or six games versus the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks are the favorites here, one and a half points. Total is 46 points. Um, take me through this one. Yeah, well, why don't we, you know, you're talking, of course, uh, about the injury list. So why don't I go over those first? A very extensive injury list, as you said. Uh, does look like Deshaun Jackson going to be another week before he comes back. He's doubtful for the wild card. Of course, he, the Eagles, arguably their biggest weapon at wide receiver, but he's been out 
for uh, most of the year. Looks like if Philadelphia does pull this upset, he could be back for the next round, but very doubtful this weekend. Uh, but yeah, the Eagles are very thin by injuries, to say the least. They also lost their backup defensive end and key special teams player, Deshaun Hall. And again, you know, he gives them some depth at defensive end, but he's one of these injuries that could sneak under the radar because a very good special teams player, as I said, uh, their offensive guard, Brandon Brooks, is out. Matt Pryor is going to likely get the start for Philadelphia. Now, arguably the biggest injury since Deshaun Jackson is almost definitely out. The, the one that uh, we're going to be keeping a close eye on all the Sharps, not my square, not my uh, square brother, um, Sean Duffy, but the Sharps. Uh, Eagles tight end Zach Ertz. He is questionable. He's one of the top tight ends in the league, maybe the best tight end, and especially with all the injuries Philly has at wide receiver, even more valuable than ever. 88 catches, 916 yards, six touchdowns. We're going to be keeping a closer eye, and I know at Picks and Parlays, you'll be updating throughout the week to see if there's any um, you know, more updates there. Jordan Howard for Philadelphia. He returned last week, but he only played one snap. He is expected to get a much bigger role. He did miss uh, six games. But they are almost certainly going to have to use him uh, this weekend because of all the injuries. Running back Miles Sanders is day-to-day for Philadelphia. 179 carries, 818 yards, 509 yards receiving. So he's a very versatile guy. And as you said, plenty of injuries for Seattle. Uh, Quandre Diggs is probable. He's only played five games, but he's a very valuable player on defense. Three interceptions, forced fumble, 21 tackles. Uh, Luke Wilson, a very he's not a very good receiving tight end, but a good run blocker. He is expected to return. And Michael Kendricks is uh, doubtful for Seattle. He's got 79 tackles this year and uh, three sacks. So that's at least it as far as the injuries are concerned. But there's you know, plenty else to talk about this game as well. Well, I mean, let's do it. Let's talk about the, uh, the game back uh, early in November where uh... – the Seahawks beat the Eagles at Lincoln Field 17-9. What's going to be different? Yeah, and that's one of the things I've looked up plenty of times. There's no real angle insofar as a team that won the regular season meeting or, or lost the regular season meeting. Obviously, the injury report alone is, says that these teams are going to be different. Look, I do love uh, Russell Wilson. He's as good as it gets. Uh, you know, I, I know you were talking on the last segment. You're You're already saying that Tom Brady's uh, expiration date uh, has expired or is, you know, whatever. I don't know. I still, you count him out at your own risk, but Russell Wilson is as good as any quarterback in the league, 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards. But, you know, Carson Wentz, talk about a guy who gets no respect. This guy just keeps doing it with all these uh, injuries. He's a tremendous uh, athlete. I do think that both of these teams are going to play a conservative, especially with all the injuries in Philadelphia on, on offense, but they both have athletic quarterbacks that can, that keep plays alive. And I do think both of these teams will have sustained drives. I really don't think they're going to open it up until they really have to. And that's why I do like this game under the total in the first quarter. I do think they're eventually going to open it up. One of the more intriguing things you know, I, as I said, I'm not as big of a contrarian handicapper as I used to be, but I still like to look at it. It's early, but 87% of the bets, 74% of the money is on Seattle. And it's really a number of bets that I like to, to look at, though the percentage of bets I like to look at for contrarian information. Yeah, 
The public likes betting road favorites, but the exception is the play in the playoffs. The public does like dogs still, and it is early. It's probably going to level off a little bit, but that is a, a pretty strong consensus on yeah. a uh, a playoff. And of course, the Seahawks are uh, seven to one straight up, three and five against the spread on when playing teams with more than one player named Deshaun on the team. That's an interesting <laughs> statistic. You might want to look at that one. Let's let's move on. So you're taking the under on this one, was that right? Well, I'm going to take the under in the first quarter. I just think both teams uh, have a lot of reasons to, to be a little conservative in the first quarter mm. and feel each other out. Okay, let's move on. The next game, uh, NFC wildcard game number two. Dose it is. Uh, Minnesota Vikings at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Vi uh, Vikings 10-6, and 9-7 against the spread. They lost 19-21 to the Bears last time out. 2-3 and three in the last five. 4-4 four and four straight up and against the spread away from home. Uh, Eric Kendricks, Alexander Matheson likely be out, but Dal uh, Dalvin Cook is probable. And, uh, oh, look at that. Gentian Dine says Ninos is the best capper. Uh, one and four against the spread. Don't take that personally. I actually hear Sean Duffy is probably the best capper uh, at picks and parlays, but we'll leave that aside, okay? One and four against the spread the last five versus New Orleans. And the Saints beat the Panthers 42-10 and have eight and two in the last ten. Uh, Von Bell, Eli Apple, Marcus Williams, they're likely out. Total's gone over in five of the last seven. You know, when you look at these records, I particularly, I'm quite fond of the Saints. I like this team a lot. I like the way they play. Uh, they are seven and a half point favorites, total 48 and a half. Um, anything here that I'm missing? Um, not necessarily. I mean, look, playoff underdogs have six and a half or more pretty solid plays. Uh, 46 and 32. And again, as I said, playoffs are the one of the times that the public will actually bet on the um, underdogs. Similar, but not, uh, you know, the same. There's some overlapping games. The playoff teams with more losses under some specific circumstances that do apply in this game are 90 and 64. Uh, that would say to favor the Vikings. And teams with at least three more straight-up wins, though, they do uh, do very well straight up, not so much ATS. So this is one of those, you know, you could maybe even middle. Uh, that angle would say to maybe bet the Saints on the money line, but to bet on the Vikings against the spread. Uh, the, the Saints are one of the better spread teams in the league at 11-5, and five by uh, covering by an average of 3.1 points per game. And this is interesting. As far as early betting patterns, a, a whopping 96% of bets and and 97 percent of the money's on the over so at least early the public uh definitely loving the over not not surprisingly they do still like to bet high totals over in the playoffs but not by that overwhelming of a margin but we'll we'll see you know what those percentages are say on uh, friday but it does say if you like the over you might want to bet it now because it's probably going to go up if you like the under uh be patient still i do think the saints because of their experience and because the vikings are so erratic my my best play here so far, uh, you know, pending further research, the Saints minus two and a half in the first quarter. I like that. All right, I tell you what, we've got four minutes left. We, we got cut off in the last segment. We were doing Bills at Texans, and I don't think we actually adequately covered this game. So let's get back to it. <clears throat> I'm here with Joe Duffy. We're talking Bills at Texans now. AFC wildcard game. He's going to have to scramble around to get his notes for this. Uh, but let's start. Uh, Bills coming off that loss to the Jets where they rested most of their starters. In fact, both of these teams did. Let's just move right along. Texans two-and-a-half-point favorites here, uh, which is basically a field goal, 42-and-a-half-point total. Uh, break this one down. you got about two minutes. 
Yeah, well, you know, that's that stat you gave me about Deshaun has me a little bit worried here, but hopefully, you know, Houston's still a good play. Look, Houston, I thought for years they had their, their defense uh, in place, and of course, you know, they, they've obviously the injury to Watt, and he's been slowed down. He's not as dominant as he was a couple years ago. I always said what they really needed was a quarterback to be a true Super Bowl contender. They do have um, that quarterback clearly there. They're a very good team both ways. Buffalo overachieved this year. Usually, you know, overachieving teams in the playoffs are pretty good go against. I'm not totally sold that Buffalo is quite as good on both sides of the ball. Um, haven't made an official pick uh, for this game, but, you know, offhand, I got to say that I do think that Houston is for real and that, you know, maybe Buffalo playing a little bit above their heads and they may, I guess I'll use the term for the first time during this segment, regress to the mean in the postseason. Yeah, but, you know, the Bills' rushing offense, which is really their specialty, are going to meet the Texans. They're the 25th-ranked rushing defense. And if you look um, if you look at the Texans, I mentioned this earlier, I mean, their opposing offenses converted 48.5% of all third downs and seventy, almost 72% of all the red zone uh, trips converted to a touchdown. I mean, the Texans aren't stopping offenses when they need to. Yeah, and that's true. And it also means that there could be some very long possessions by Buffalo. You know, I've said it time and time again when handicapping totals, I really think it's a lot more about the pace of the game. And, and that means that Buffalo will probably run the ball a lot mm -hmm. more so we could have some very long possessions. And again, I think that Buffalo will run early until Houston proves they can stop them. So I've given a couple first quarter selections, maybe take a long look at that first quarter to go under the total. You know, I've also, one of my golden rules is I always think the better team matches up more against the inferior team. It is true that Houston does have to stop the run, and that's good for uh, Buffalo because if they're going to win this game, they're going to win the, the game on the ground rather than uh, in the air. So, yeah, it, it is a very interesting and, matchup, and it probably does mean a high percentage of runs, which could mean a low-scoring game, especially early. Right, and the other thing is these teams have, I mean, identical records at 10 and 6. I mean, and they're close to the same in terms of going against the spread as well. Yeah, and, that, you know, and home field advantage is worth those uh, three points. So they are fairly much even. So I think really as a handicapper, I'm going to make that judgment call that I do think that Houston's record is a little bit more accurate and that Buffalo, you know, they've had some good luck. But then again, conversely, somebody else could say, look, Buffalo has been sneaking under the radar all year. They are still, uh, you know, a little bit undervalued. But now I do think that Houston still is the better team on both sides of the ball. Oh, Duff, man, I'm impressed. Wow, great job. I tell you what, that Sean Duffy guy, he's fired. You're in. Joe Duffy, thank you so much. You can find Joe at picksandparlays.net where his picks are there for you. And if you want his expert picks, you can get them 15% off. Just put them in the basket. Use promo code BOWL, B-O-W-L. Look, if you missed any of the picks on this show, don't worry, because coming up right after the break, I'll recap them all for you here on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back. Picks and parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Just a programming note. Every Monday through Friday, we're here with you. 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. on the Left Coast, live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also streaming live throughout the day on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to find me, you can do that. I'm at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Twitter. And if you want to talk the beautiful game with me, you can do that every uh, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific live on Sirius XM 211. Dan Patrick Sports bring a little of the global game uh, to our listeners. All right. Uh, if you missed any of our picks, let's give them to you right now. We started off with our Premier League picks. 
I went first. Man United Arsenal. Take I said take United on the money line plus 191. Wolves Watford take the draw plus 220 on the money line and Bournemouth West Ham take money line draw plus 230. Al Ninos. Man United Arsenal. He was took the Pickham United minus 117. Remember if it's a draw it's a push. Uh, Wolves at Watford take money line Wolves plus 134. So he and I are diametrically opposed on that one. And Bournemouth, West Ham, take the money line, West Ham, minus 104. Next up, Tony T, NFL, Bills, Texans, take the Texans, Titans, Patriots, take the Titans, plus four and a half. And our college football pick, Clemson, LSU, take LSU, minus 45. I'd say take the Tigers, but they're both Tigers. Okay, next up, NFL picks. This was the NFC with Joe Duffy, Seahawks at Eagles, take the under seven and a half in the first quarter, and Vikings at Saints. Take the Saints minus two and a half in the first quarter. And if you want Joe's picks, if you want his side, you can get it up at the site, picksandparlays.net, right there for you, for your edification. Enjoy it. And if you want to buy those expert picks before the end of the year, you can do that. You've only got a few hours left. Promo code BOWL for 15% off. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed the show. If you missed any part of it, the podcast will be up immediately following the show at the Believe Podcast Network. It's been great being with you through 2019. We look forward to a great 2020 together. Happy New Year. Don't drink and drive. And remember, bet, win, repeat. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.